This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Smash. This is the game I'm actually going to be at in person next week. Ooh. San Francisco and Pittsburgh Steelers. Can't wait for that. The 49ers are favored in this game right now at minus two and a half. And the over under is 40 and a half. And I'm going to tell you this right now as a 49ers fan. If they don't get Nick Bosa in the building, I will take the underdog and the Pittsburgh Steelers actually winning this game outright because that's a different defense. So I think this is going to be a close game and it will be a low scoring game at that. Uh, let's move to our players here. So you're not going to start Brock Purdy. You're not going to start Kenny Pickett. I think that's a conversation we're going to have at some point in the season later on this year, though, as far as them being streamers. Adam, let's talk a little Christian McCaffrey, shall we? I got him ranked at three. ECR has, of course, number one. But this is more what I want to get into. His player prop is at 61 and a half rushing yards. Pittsburgh was 13th in rushing yards allowed last year, a little bit better than the average, but basically middle of the pack. But I'm going to actually take the under on the rushing yards. The reason being is Elijah Mitchell is healthy. And when Mitchell was healthy, McCaffrey would average 13.5 opportunities a game, while Elijah Mitchell would average 9.5 opportunities a game. So am I crazy for going under, or would do you, or do you have something else? I don't know that I would go under. I know I wouldn't go over. Um, I, I don't know if I'm betting the under, I guess, is more where I, I would say. I, I definitely have that lean. Uh, I, I feel you. I, I don't think, you know, you obviously play Christian McCaffrey. If you have Christian McCaffrey, there's no debate there. Uh, but I'll, I'll admit this. When you said the over-under was 40, I was like, wow, that would be a really enticing under to be honest. So if that goes anything to show how I feel about the scoring potential in this game, I'll just say that. It's gonna be it's gonna be a rugby fest. It's yeah. gonna be a rugby fest without a doubt, man. Uh Chris, let's talk a little Najee Harris. I got him at my running back 17. ECR's higher. He's got him at their RB. 13. Uh, it's just a tough matchup, I think, in general against San Francisco. Now, if I do get confirmation that Bose is definitely not going to play week one, maybe I'll adjust this a little bit. But assuming he does play, and assuming that offensive line of the Steelers, while improved, is young. I don't think they're quite ready to show that they're that marketing improved week one against one of the top defensive lines in football. So when I actually look at Najee Harris's 47 and a half rushing yard mark, I get a little sketchy about betting the over on that, even though it's an enticing number. Where are you at on Harris? No, I definitely understand the concern is for our defense can definitely be stingy. Uh, typically is a well, good, good tackling team, but let's just Pittsburgh offense. I know everybody expects Jalen Warren to kind of, steal Najee Harris's touches and become the RB1 at some point ridiculously. Everything coming out of Pittsburgh keeps talking about how Najee Harris is their RB1. They are going to build their team around the running game, and that means that Najee Harris is going to be heavily involved in the game. So for me, I'm going to go over on this. I know it's a 49er good defense, but I think that you talked about it's going to be a close game. As long as it's close, Najee Harris will continue to get you know carries, and I think he's got a chance to have a decent game overall. I don't think he's going to go off by any stretch of the means, but I'm going to go the over of the 40-something yards. I, you know what? I agree with you because I think the volume at the end of the day will get him there, even if it's not the most efficient thing in the world. Uh, and he's still going to be an RB2 in your lineups. 
What about Debo Samuel, Chase? This is, we'll talk about both 49er wide receivers because it's been going hand-in-hand. Hand. Which one is it going to be? Is Brandon Ayuk, is it time to shine? Is he ready to take that next step up, be the superstar? Debo Samuel cutting in, coming in all cut this year. Finally took the fat suit off from last season. Looks like he might be primed to be back and ready to go. I do have a bit of a discrepancy for them in this week one matchup. I have Debo ranked at 19, and I have Brandon Ayuk ranked at 30. The reason being mostly because, well, the Pittsburgh are a heavy zone team. I think it sets up for Debo to kind of be the guy over the middle of the field this particular week. I think there will be eight weeks for Ayuk, but I'm much bigger on Debo this week than Ayuk. Where are you at on this team? Uh, <clears throat> I'm on uh, I'm on pretty much every record you can get on as being not a big Debo guy. I'm not in his corner. I think that a lot of what made him... He's, he can be a dynamic player. We all know that. We've seen it from him, and we still see it from him in flashes. But everything that, that made him such a great fantasy asset is now done by Christian McCaffrey. Catching the ball, running the ball. They both, they both are interchangeable that way. It's part of what was so frustrating about them picking up Christian McCaffrey was not just that, you know, from the standpoint of, well, nobody will be able to tell you know, what they're doing based on the personnel on the field, but it was pulling away from, it was pulling away from Debo a little bit where without the rushing volume, he's just not, uh, he's just, he's not nearly as exciting a fantasy prospect. If you're relying solely on his receiving chops, I think, I think Ayuk is the better player. I would actually switch these two is where I, is where I've been seeing them all year and where I think they inevitably end up. So here's what we're just going to fight back on you for, for this week. Now, for season rankings, I had I, I have Debo literally one spot ahead of Brandon Ayuk. Okay. Just, just, just one. I have him very tight. I wouldn't be surprised if Ayuk were to surpass Debo Samuel. I'm not fighting on that point. But for this week only, being that it's Purdy's first game, full game back, coming off the elbow, I just think they're going to play it safe. That's what Kyle Shanahan loves to do. He loves to play it safe with his little safety blanket and his little dinky throws over the middle. And I think for Ayuk to give you back the fantasy value that you would need this week to play him potentially higher than Debo, potentially as a wide receiver too, He's going to have to make a big play happen on a slant. Not that he can't do it, but he's going to be more dependent on his yards after catch than I think other guys will be with just how schematically this lines up in this particular matchup. Do you need, you want to rebuttal? I just, like I said, I, I like Debo saying, and I, I agree with you that yeah, Debo being a zone killer and being able to use him in that way. I, I think that Brandon Ayuk is every bit as capable of, of busting a big play as we always kind of assume that Debo Samuel is. I still, I, I, like I said, I think this is, that's, I think a reversal of those two, of those two positions is much more akin to what you're going to see week in and week out. Now this, this might be a good matchup for, for Debo, but I think that between the two, I'm just, I'm, I'm still too sold on Ayuk until I see Debo be a little bit more exciting without the, the rushing the rushing totals that he that he was. Oh, we'll have to see. I mean, he still had three carries on average with Christian McCaffrey on the team. So it'll be curious to see. We'll see what happens this week. Let's talk Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, Adam. Now, is Deontay Johnson finally going to score a touchdown? Should we, should we be betting on an anytime touchdown? I mean, he's overdue, right? <laughs> I don't know. He's not Jacoby Myers. He's not. 
<laughs> I don't know if this is the week for it. I think he'll get one this season. I think he'll, he'll get this, one this offense season. is going to be much improved uh, over last season. That's not a high bar, but I do think it's a much improved offense. Uh, I just don't think this is the week for it. You know, maybe no Bosa, maybe there's a shot. Um, but of the two receivers, I'm only playing Deontay. Uh, it, it's just a simple situation where Pickens probably requires big plays in the air to be good. Uh, Deontay is just going to get his 12 targets. He might convert them to seven receptions for 40 yards. But if you're playing half point or full point BPR, whatever, um, that's just kind of where my head's at. Uh, I do think Pickens closes the gap throughout the season. I just don't think it's this week. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you there. Just that statement. Like, who get one this season? Like, that, that, the fact <laughs> that it has to be a statement. Is fantastic. Uh, yeah. Deontay Johnson, I got him at wide receiver 31. I got Pickens at 38. I, I don't see the big ceiling for Johnson, which is why I have him as a wide receiver three, but I'm with you on if I'm starting one of them. Deontay's still the guy. He's still the alpha. The ball still goes his way. He's still the first read. That has not changed. I know there's a lot of hype about George Pickens and his highlight reels going on throughout training camp and everything like that, but he's still very raw. Deontay Johnson's still the guy, so I'm with you there. Chris, let's talk about George Kittle. The frustration that is George Kittle as far as being an elite tight end. You know, he finishes the, he'll finish there by the end of the year, but on the week-to-week basis, you have no idea. I got him at tight end six. The UCR has him at tight end five. And even his player prop at 44 and a half yards, it's like, I, I, I want to hit the over, but I, I can't. I mean, the Steelers' 11th most receiving yards at tight ends, and I, I, I don't know because he might just be the right tackle for the 49ers, and we don't know it yet. Where are you at on George Kittle? Yeah, I think it's going to depend a lot on the health, number one. I think we talked about the receivers and, you know, who can eat Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel. To me, it's going to depend on how healthy is George Kittle. If George Kittle is going to be banged up, then both receivers can be involved. And if he's going to be somebody who's not 100% out there, Dan, I think the error to keep him out there to block more often than not, which we've seen George Kittle be asked to do quite a few times in his career so far. Um, I do think part of the thing that gives me some hope for him is if I'm having my lineup is – Brock Purdy does like to throw to tight end position. He did it in college. He's going to continue to do it in the NFL, and we saw it last year. If Kyle Shanahan wants Brock Purdy to be successful, then he's going to need to attack the middle of the field. And that means using George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. So I think that George Kittle could be somebody you feel confident putting in your week if he's healthy. If he's banged up. I'm not as excited about him. But if he's healthy out there and he's playing and starting, you got to play him so you see otherwise. Because when we saw last year, Brock Purdy was had eyes for George Kittle, and especially in the red zone. And we know George Kittle is a dominant player when he's actually involved in the offense. And that's all true. But I do want to bring up this point up, at least from the player prop standpoint. Even at the end of last year, when Purdy's looking for George Kittle, he was George Kittle was still under that 44 and a half mark five of his last seven games. So it just shows you the touchdowns might be there fantasy wise, but even yards wise, I think George Kittle's actually going under. So I'm placing a bet on that. Pat Fryermuth, I have him at 12, and that's just because I think he's better than the other crappy low-end tight end ones that are back there. It's not the matchup you want against San Francisco, who are six in fantasy points allowed to the tight end position, but I'd rather have him than Cole Komet. I'd rather have him than Sam Laporta. I'd rather have him than Greg Dolchich, and before you know it, Pat Fryermuth winds up being my tight end 12. Chase, will you play Pat Fryermuth as a low-end tight end one this week or no? Yeah, I think that's where you took him to be. I think I think it's where you took him to be, and it's he's as good a shot any week, week in week out. He's as good a shot as anybody else. Once you get past the Kelsey tier, which is the tier in, in and of itself, so 
I yeah. I mean, I I have no qualms firing up Pratt Firemuth. So much enthusiasm. You have the proper amount of enthusiasm in your voice for that one. Don't, don't worry. It's the 